Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. This is Dr. Devin Tan. I'm a forensic and child psychiatrist. And on the show, I talk about mental models and frameworks to help parents navigate the chaos that is modern life. Not just parenting life, but modern life. I mean, the world is moving faster and faster, and it shows not very many encouraging signs of slowing down. In, in fact, it seems to be moving in a, at a crazy pace in weird directions. You know, if you've been listening recently or watching the news, don't know if you watch the news, I don't recommend it, but I have a love-hate relationship with it and I kind of find it um, meaningful to keep track of what's going on in the rest of the world. So I do that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it really is hit or miss, literally. And uh, some really bad stuff going on at the moment. And my heart goes out to the people who are having to endure um, great difficulties and hardships at the moment. So I hope, I hope that this podcast offers, even if it's just infinitesimally in i can't say that word what is it infi infinitesimal infinity infinity minimum infinity minimum <laughs> infinitesimal i think is the word infinitesimal infinitesimally small contribution um to making someone's life a little bit easier um it's time well worth spent um, today I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, how do parents praise their kids without being cringe because it's very easy to be cringe um, but I actually I don't know if that's just a, um, a subjective thing um, or is it objective, I don't know you know, some, sometimes I hear the words coming out of my own mouth and, and I cringe. I cringe. Ah, good job, Johnny. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Nice work. You know, so meaningless. So meaningless. And um, a lot of... Not a lot, actually. I do see quite a few young patients and adults, too, in my clinic who... Um, who have a diagnosis of autistic spectrum disorder. We used to call it Asperger's, but autistic spectrum disorder, you know, it captures a, a broader range of uh, presentations. And very interesting, uh, and I'm a little bit skeptical about this diagnosis, although I shouldn't be, because all a diagnosis is, is just a collection or cluster system, uh, symptoms, characteristics, features, signs that travels together over time for a person. And um, actually, I don't know why I told you that. I, I think I do. No, I do know why I told you that. It's because <clears throat> in my work, I often have people and my colleagues actually question me about my diagnosis of a particular case. And you know, I, 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 I tell them that I just use diagnoses as a way to communicate among people, okay? 
diagnosis does not capture a person's personality, doesn't capture a person's humanity. I just use diagnostic labels as a way to, uh, as an aid memoir to <laughs> communicate with another person, their doctor or their nurse or their therapist, for instance, right? <clears throat> the problem is that my colleagues, um, and it used to be me as well, we used to perpetuate the myth of diagnostic labeling. I call it a myth because we, we don't have any tests, objective tests. And when I say tests, I mean things like, things that you can tangibly measure, um, like brain scans, lab tests, blood tests, that's, that sort of thing to make a diagnosis. We, 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 we have to talk to our patients. The instrument that does the testing is us. Give me a second. My cat, my cat's in the lounge and um, playing with the curtains. Don't know if you guys have cats, but I love cats. But they can be so annoying, especially when they scratch your curtains. There you go. There you go. See you later. Okay, <clears throat> we're back. We're back. Where was I? Oh yeah, diagnosis. Yeah, and um, we only. <laughs> We, we only use the label as an aid memoir to communicate our findings. So people kind of know what we're trying to describe. But um, I've stopped assuming that people actually know what a diagnosis in psychiatry is actually for. You know, the DSM, you know, is just a catalog of... Um, a catalog of categories for insurance purposes. And it happens to have some clinical utility. Right? The whole point of diagnosis is to have clinical utility, not the other way around, not to justify... Um, whether someone has a legitimate claim or not, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's supposed to be for clinical use. And there's no requirement for a therapist or a treating doctor to actually have a diagnosis. Our role is to relieve suffering, in my opinion. And if that suffering, if the basis of that suffering is in a disease then with our patient we decide together based on the patient's values needs expectations we decide together and agree on a course of treatment if that is appropriate but it's between doctor and patient right and and then i might label the case with a diagnosis so that I can then communicate that with their doctor. You know, it's not going to capture the entire essence of a person. Of course it's not. And we delude ourselves in psychiatry thinking that 
you know, a, a, maybe I'm not being fair, but diagnoses in psychiatry have a tendency to stick. They stick to a person like glue. You know, it's uh, immutable. Once you have a certain diagnosis, that's your diagnosis. That's who you are. But it's not. It's just it's just terms to talk about um, a person's experience in a uh, in a very blunt, clumsy sort of way. I mean, no one's just a depression case, right? No one's just an anxiety anxiety disorder case. No one's just an ADHD case or ASD or pathological demand avoidance. Okay, now I've come back to the point. my point. I was a bit long-winded, okay, sorry. But PDA is this thing called pathological demand avoidance. Okay, again, it's just a label. Uh, it's not a bona fide diagnosis, and I mean bona fide because it hasn't reached the respectability of being a category in T DSM or this other thing called the ICD. <clears throat> but you know, it's a it's a diagnosis nonetheless, okay? Uh, because it's a label, it's a label in the truest sense, a label to describe a cluster of symptoms that travels with a person across time, and usually people with PDA, pathological demand avoidance. Um, the, the, the presentation is implied in the name. <laughs> they pathologically avoid demands or, you know, ostensibly they, they appear to avoid demands. I would go further and say that it's very painful for people to, um, mm, it was almost like there's an allergy to effort. Uh, let me let me just say that again. It's uh, yeah, actually no. It, it it's kind of like an allergy to effort, and I really don't think it is the person's fault. I I I think the the reasons for PDA is multifactorial. You know it's got to do with, yes, it's got something to do with temperament, it's got something to do with nature, something to do with our society, uh, and the way the world is, uh, expectations, certain values, multifactorial. Again, it makes me really critical of the whole diagnostic establishment in psychiatry at least, because most of the disorders that we come across, uh, there's no one causal factor. You know, <laughs> you, you don't know what causes someone's depression. You might have some good ideas, you know, you might have some good ideas, but you don't know for sure what's causing someone's illness. You've got you, you might have clues that points you in certain directions, but most things in psychiatry, uh, it's um, multifactorial. So, you know, people with PDA, um, and this comes to the thing I wanted to share, um, it relates to, um, to children. So children who resist praise, 
people with PDA also resist praise. And I think the um, pathophysiology, if I can use that term, is similar. So, um, it, you know, so, so praise that works, let me start here, praise that works well is a form of validation of a, a person's agency in the world. You know, praise that recognizes a person's movement through the world. You see them, you hear them, and you understand them as making those moves using their agency as who they are in the world, rather than uh, what usually happens is people perceive that it's someone else, someone else um, getting happiness from uh, from you, and so you're just an object in the praiser's life. You as the praisee, you're just an object. Does that make sense? You know, adults who who praise, yay, hey, Johnny, good job, yeah, good stuff, wow, hey, good job, nice, nice one, nice one, man, nice one. can be a bit cringe because, um, you know, it, it kind of projects an adult's perception of what has or has not been achieved. And there's no real meaning as well behind it. Um, so... So then the, the child does not get acknowledgement or validation about their own agency. It's just the other person saying some meaningless words. It doesn't stick. Or if it's well-intentioned, which it usually is, but, um, you know, that's why words are so so important. Words are really important. You know, you might have... Uh, you're well-intentioned, well-meaning, you you want to praise your kids. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, all right? Um, I'm just saying that you, you, you have to also understand that the whole reason why we praise a, a child is not just to celebrate them, yes, because we enjoy that. We enjoy celebrating each other, right? Our loved ones, we enjoy them in our lives and we're grateful for them so we celebrate them we we celebrate and rejoice when they um achieve you know it feels good to see someone that we're proud of feeling good as well um or doing well you know it just it's just human to say hey man that's awesome that's so cool but you can you can be cringe I mean, it's fine if you like to be cringe and your friend or your child likes it that you're cringe, but I don't like to be cringe. I, I'm i naturally cringe anyway, so I want to be less cringe. So what I recommend to you is if you want to try it, one technique, one concept is to actually um, combine your usual praising, praisey thing and combine that with a running commentary. You know, you're running a narrative on what the person is doing, blow by blow, moment by moment, live. You're present. 
Oh man, Johnny, wow. I can see you're putting quite a lot of thought and energy into where you're wanting to direct that soccer ball. And wow, man, I saw that you, you kicked it and it was exactly, or it looked like it was exactly what you you, you wanted and the ball went into the goal. Um, that must be a good feeling. That's really cool that you, you know, you, you could do that. That's really cool. You see, and, and, and yeah, good on you, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. You see the difference, how much less cringe that approach is? The running commentary acknowledges and validates a person's agency in the world. And then you follow that up with some nice cherries on the top. Good job. Good stuff. You know, it's that, and that's not cringe because it's um, because you've already done the job of praising that person properly. Anyway, that's why I call proper praise. So, you know, this is this just one example of the kinds of concepts, structures of thinking that people can learn from the website. I keep telling you it's free. There's a couple of free trainings there. I want you to do it. I invite you to do it. I don't want you to feel like I'm forcing you to do it. But, you know, I I really do think that if you can grasp some very basic concepts, they're not easy to apply because they're actually quite um they they, they require a lot of uh practice to to become expert at it and i mean yes okay none of us are really truly experts at connecting with one another but connection is intuitive it's natural i think in our modern age we've lost a lot we've lost a lot we've de-skilled you know we've we've become out of touch we've become more virtually connected but less um emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, physically connected. And it's taking a toll, I believe, in how our brains develop and how our kids' minds are are developing. So I think it's so important that we as parents, as people, have really good ways and conscious, deliberate ways of thinking about um, problems and difficulties that we have to face in front of us. We're all so busy and having a sound mental model just helps you um, get to the crux of the matter much more quickly and also makes you reduce your error rate. You know, unforced errors like in tennis Sometimes it's not the best, flashiest tennis player in the world that wins, right? It's the one that makes the least unforced errors, sometimes. I don't know anything about tennis. I'm just using it as an analogy. (laughs) I hope it works. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. I hope that makes sense. I hope you heard what the difference was between praise that works and praise that's cringe. Praise that cringe does nothing to validate a child's or person's agency in the world. Praise that is not cringe, even though you might use subjectively cringy words, and 
tone of voice is um, praise that acknowledges and validates a person's agency in the world. It's not praise that comes from your perspective of what has been achieved or hasn't been achieved. Because that also has the inadvertent effect of um, uh, the simplest way I can say is giving someone a complex. You know, they have to keep achieving in order to get um, approval, acceptance. Cliche, right? But it's true. It's true. You see that a lot. Well, I hope that was useful, my friends. Um, if you want to go check out the free training, go to huddlewisdom.com forward slash connections. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, if you want to check it out, go to just type in Huddle Wisdom with Dr. Devin Dan. Or just Huddle Wisdom and you'll find me. Um, it's kind of fun, actually. It's quite fun. Um, I tested out this Instagram live thing. Uh, couldn't quite get the hang of it. Um, but I think it's 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 pretty pretty cool, actually. So I might um, let you know when I'm doing an Instagram live once I know what I'm doing. And I can show you um, like screenshots and I'll take you through what the, the, the course interface looks like, the, um, the one that I've developed, the practice of empathic discipline. I'll let you know what that one looks like. Uh, people have already uh, signed up for it and so far so good. Um, yeah, and then oh, the other one that's coming up is called the Foundations of Emotional Connection. I really do need a snappier name, but um, if if you can think of one, let me know. But the Foundations of, of Emotional Connection. Um, you go deeper than what the free stuff uh, offers you, but the free stuff does give you some very strong basic concepts already. So go and download it. It's free. Um, huddlewisdom.com forward slash connections and um, yeah I'm, I know you won't regret it regret it um, if you have any questions for me or anything you want to hear about or learn about uh, just contact me at hello at huddlewisdom.com I do have a day job <laughs> so uh, recently it's been quite busy and it's taken me a couple of weeks to get back to people actually on the Huddle Wisdom email address. Um, but yeah, I do actually enjoy reading people's emails. Um, even if it's just a, hey, how are you? Okay, I'll catch up with you next time, my friends. Good to have you here. Bye.